Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Conversations Easier, the podcast where we speak to people who inspire us to improve our communication skills in healthcare. If you've listened before, thank you so much. If this is your first time listening, this episode, like all our podcasts, features conversations with people about how to improve our communication skills when talking with patients, their loved ones, and our colleagues. I am your host, Winnie Ryan, and I work on the National Healthcare Communication Programme in Ireland. And I'm Peter Gillen, an Associate Professor of Surgery at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, a retired general surgeon, and the clinical advisor to this programme. This episode brings Dr. Janneke Mellon Olsen onto the show. Janneke is a past president of the World Federation of Societies of Anesthesiologists, a former president of the European Board of Anesthesiology, among many other prestigious appointments. Her main professional interests are patient safety, particularly culture, communication and human factors, in addition to education and health politics, including workforce planning. Practicing at Bærum Hospital, Oslo in Norway, Janneke was the recipient from the King of Norway as Knight First Class of the Order of St. Olaf, the highest civilian honour currently conferred by Norway due to her services in healthcare. Janneke, thank you for agreeing to be here today. Peter already gave a short bio about you, but in your own words, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, as you heard, I'm Janneke Melinosen, a consultant anesthesiologist working in Bærum Hospital in Oslo, Norway. And I'm so dedicated to so many things which I think are important in healthcare surrounding healthcare. And I think most of us who are into patient safety, there is a reason why we got in- engaged in the first place, some personal stories or uh, whatever. And I had a brother who died from a medical error when I was a small girl. And that has formed me for the rest of my professional life, which had not started at that time, mm. to try to listen to patients and relatives, take them seriously and uh, and see how we can improve healthcare together with them. Well, thank you, Jan, again. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, we first heard about you when you presented at the Anesthetic Patient Safety Conference in Dublin a few years ago. And since then, Peter has been talking about you, your presentation and your initiative at every workshop that we deliver. We could talk to you about so many different areas relating to patient experience, and we may come back to you on that again. Today, we wanted to talk about your initiative to help staff have better conversations with patients. And in particular, we would like to hear about the orange stool. Can you tell our listeners about the orange stool, please, and how this idea came about? Well, that's a, a, a result of uh, discussions in the clinical ethical committee in my hospital, of which I'm a part. Uh, I have been to a meeting in, in Germany and listened to a German professor uh, who had uh, given a presentation on uh, uh, nociceptive words, how we, our way we talk, the way we act on things might also harm people. And he showed me uh, or showed the audience a stretcher when the 
patient was rolled into the operating theater, all flat. All the patient could see was in the ceiling and seeing all the lights and being in no control at all. If you just compare that to lifting the head a little bit, and then the patient could see straight forward and then feeling so much better in control of the situation. The same is shown was a mask being put on the patient's face from above, uh, uh, in contrast to when it was taken from below and just sliding in place, how much better that was for the patient. And that reminded me of um, where, uh, how I feel when I'm not in eye level with uh, anyone, actually. If somebody is standing to you and, and talking to you or sitting down looking up, or if I'm standing looking down at somebody, it's uncomfortable. And that is the situation that our patients are in all the time. For instance, when we go rounds, there is a patient lying there and having this huge group of people just looking down at the patient. And then throughout the discussion, I just said, why don't we get a stool? And uh, the rest of the committee agreed. And, uh, and then we have uh, patients, or they call them users now, representatives in that committee and taking then took that back to the uh, users group of the hospital. So then that was suggested to the hospital and it was done as a pilot in my hospital. Okay. And uh, it was so welcome that the National Patient Safety Program took it on board and made that a nationwide program. So okay. all the, all the uh, departments in all hospitals in Norway should have that orange stool. It's a great idea and it shows us, doesn't it, Janneke, how just very simple changes that we can make, which are pretty easy to do, can make such a difference to our patients. And sometimes we get these ideas from just listening to them and, you know, their feedback um, to us. So can I ask you, because Peter talks a lot about the, the fact that the stool was orange. So why orange? And was there a particular reason that you use that color? Actually, in the most important is, of course, that it's a stool. Yeah. And then you have to remember to bring that stool with you. Yeah. And I was not a part of the discussion when that color was chosen by the National Patient Safety Program, which uh, is called In Safe Hands. I was not part of that, but I can imagine that it's very visible when it's hanging there on the wall. It's orange. You, you, it uh, strikes your eyes. And then, and then another coincidence is that when we all celebrate, I'm sure we all celebrate the national, now the Global Patient Safety Day in September every year, the color of that celebration is orange. But I think that's a coincidence. A happy coincidence, Janneke. You're saying they hang on the wall, but you can also bring them around with you. Is that is that correct? Yes, because they are foldable. You know, they are foldable. So you just they are flat when they're hanging on the wall, on the inside of the of the patient's room, and you can take it from bed to bed, or take it from throughout the ward, carrying it with you, just like when you are carrying other things when you go to rounds. OK, and I'm just thinking of some of our listeners who might be listening and thinking this is a good idea, Janneke. So how do you decide how many stools are needed per hospital or per staff number? Did you did you think about that when you were starting the initiative? Well, I I cannot say, tell you that, but I think it's always the smart to to start uh, to to 
to discuss it with the staff and so they can find it out for themselves. For instance, if there are 10 people in the room, uh, in the department doing rounds, then maybe you would need 10 at the same time, you would need 10 stools or if it's a small department, it's one stool from, from each. But the point is, of course, that they are easy, easily reachable. They are not expensive. So, but I will, again, it was done centrally from that patient safety program. Okay, it's a lovely idea. And Janneke, just talking about the patients, how did the patients react to the use of the stool? Yeah, well, I think many of us in healthcare who are working in healthcare, we have been patients ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have been in that bed looking up to people. So you can just imagine yourself being in that bed, looking at up to people who are looking down at you. How much does that help the confidence and the closeness mm -hmm. uh, between you? So um, uh, the patients, I can tell you, tell you one story from uh, my own department uh, in, uh, in um, uh, the post-operative care unit when uh, there was a patient and uh, and the nurse came with a stool to the surgeon and said, well, we have got these stools now. And the surgeon said to the patient, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the nurses, they're always pushing. And then the patient was very brave see, lying there and said, yeah, I, I think that's a very good idea. You know, I don't feel very strong here, I'm lying. So, so, and then the surgeon had to take the stool and, and sit and look at the patient face to face and the patient was was happy. It's very hard to do uh, science or, or really research on how much happier the patients are and so. But mm -hmm. it's somehow self-evident that if you look at a person eye to eye, it gives you more at the same level. Yes, to, to build rapport. And following that lovely story about the surgeon, I'm going to hand you over to Peter at this point. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Janneke, for for um for letting me down there in public about surgery, but but uh, I can I can see that happening so easily. And um, they are not all the same. Not all <laughs> surgeons are the same. Thank you for that. I, I would just as you were speaking there about being on the same eye level, I think. There's also published data, isn't there, to support sitting down because patients feel that the consultation actually took longer than it actually did. And so they feel you've got all the time in the world when, of course, you don't. But it comes across as if I'm not in any rush. This is your time now. And patients really appreciate that, don't they? Absolutely. I think that's a very good point because it takes you one second to hold that stool and sit down, but it gives a much better uh, air of uh, relaxation and closeness than if you are just standing and, and tripping to get onto the next bed. Yeah, I, I, I agree entirely. And so it, just as a follow-up to that, how did your anaesthetic colleagues, for example, react? Were they all convinced or did they find it a little bit awkward in the beginning or how did it, how did it pan out? Yeah, well, I must say that it's uh, it's uh, the same as it is with all implementation science. You have some who are converted to get the points immediately, and then there are other very skeptical. So it's it's about getting getting. Uh, I mean, don't tell me what to do. You these people are in all 
uh, all circles. So this is not only anesthesiologists, but it was it was uh, spread out over the hospital in total, and it's the same mechanisms in all specialties, I think. And it would be wrong of me to say that it's used 100% all over now. But the key is is really to have uh, have uh, those key opinion leaders and, and get some of them on your side who are influential and will push it for others. We have the same experience from the surgical checklist, for instance. It's the same mechanisms that are in place. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I recall the introduction of the surgical checklist as well and how some people felt, look, this is just delaying everything. I want to get on with the list. And some were more difficult to convince about the benefits of it than others. There's no doubt. Mm -hmm. and, and I imagine this is something similar then in this situation. Yes, I think it's with all the new things. And if you feel that you're autonomy if don't tell me what to do in a way so you have to convince them in other ways so that they are you think that there was their it was their idea or they see the use of it you know yeah, yeah. that's always <laughs> a good a good plan if you can do that that, <laughs> that really br brings me on to you know we were thinking in ireland about your initiative and we're very envious of how you've managed to be so successful with this what advice would you have for us here? Um, I know you've already mentioned champions of change, if you like, and yes. and and local input from people like that. Are there any other initiatives or any other advice you would have for us in Ireland if we were to introduce this program? Well, what I, I said in the beginning or said earlier is that it was, we were discussing it, but, but it was a patient's organization that really took it on. and were listened to. So if if the patient's organ, and I've seen that in many other things also, some very good initiatives coming from clinicians, but they are not being listened to. But once you get the patients on board or they get you on board or whatever, and they help you promote something, then it's easier if you can get those organizations and so. Because then the politicians, they have to listen. They're much more more voters that are uh, patients than there are of health personnel. Yeah, that's that's very timely advice. And we have uh, a new director general of the health service executive here in Ireland recently just oh. appointed, Mr. Bernard Gloucester. And um, we're going to send him a copy of this podcast so we can hear <laughs> him say that. Monica, <laughs> thank you for that. So we're very hopeful that they'll get behind this initiative for us. And I think it's a very very well worthwhile one in terms of patient safety. So thank you so much, Janneke. So um, thank you very much, Janneke. So before we end, I'm just going to do a summary of the main points. And if I've left anything out, you can let me know. We know from patient feedback that in general, in hospitals, um, patients don't like lying in the bed with lots of people standing around them, looking down at them. It makes them feel, you know, not in not in control. It doesn't help the conversation. And there's a lot of evidence showing the benefits of sitting down at eye level with the patient to build rapport demonstrate empathy, and also, I suppose, to help the patient feel more like an equal partner in the conversation. And this helps them to open up to us and, you know, share their worries and concerns. So you started an initiative in your hospital. We know that in hospitals, it can be difficult to find a chair to sit down at the patient's bedside. And we're certainly advised not to sit on the bed. 
So you you brought in an initiative whereby stools were made available, hanging at the bedside so they were easy to access or they were collapsible so people could carry them around with them. And I think the orange, the bright orange color, it might have been a coincidence, but it's, I think it's a nice touch that is related to patient safety and also makes them easily visible. We would like to implement the initiative in Irish hospitals. And I hear what you're saying about implementing this initiative. You'll always have people who will think it's a great idea and want to go with it and those who need a little more time to be convinced. So we certainly look forward to trialing it here in Ireland and we will get back to you and let you know how we yes, yes. Thank you. I will just start by saying that the stools are not hang on the bedside, but they are hanged in, in the room or outside the room in the department. That's one thing. The second thing I would like to add is that we are not doing this only to be nice to patients, but to give them better care, because if they feel safe to open a bit more up to us, then we might get be aware of things that we otherwise would not have been aware of, which will help us provide better care. So, Janneke, we end all our podcasts by asking our guests to name the communication skill or skills that they have found most useful. So perhaps mm-hmm. we could ask you to leave us with your top tip or tips for building good relationships with patients. For my top tip, I would think it's the old thing. You know, remember, you had two ears and one mouth. Listen, try to get the perspective of the patient and uh, also be empathic, show them that you care and they will open more to you and you will be able to to treat them better. Lovely. Thank you so much, Janneke. Winnie and I really enjoyed talking with you. We, We touched on a lot of important areas in relation to improving our skills for communicating with patients. If people wanted to reach out to you, how can they get in touch? Well, you will have my details. I think email is the easier, easiest or WhatsApp or whatever, but I'd be happy to answer any question or discuss or whatever. So you will have my details and I'm sure you are, you are willing to share them with people who might be interested. That's great. Thank you, Janneke. And all that information will be in the show notes for our listeners. Well, Janneke, it was great to chat and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Um, Thank you for allowing me to share some of my thoughts with you. Thank you. Uh, Thanks too to our listeners for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of Making Conversations Easier. Until next time, Sláin Gafoe.